Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Barrier, and I'm here with Hunter Ballou. What's up, Hunter? What's up, man? Glad to be here. Great to see you, my friend. I wore my Revolt shirt today because I wanted to represent. I, I don't that. want to wear anybody else's shirt on the <laughs> show. I'm not going to lie to you. I so, appreciate you. I saw that. Dude, look, I, I am not a member of Revolt, but that was the probably the most powerful event or most powerful weekend. I think I've ever spent somewhere in my life. And I'm like, I mean that like it was the camaraderie. It's just, I, it's really without words. It's hard to explain what you put together inside a revolt. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that? And uh, I told you we were going to start this differently. And then I just fucking went the opposite. <laughs> it's <laughs> all good, man. I love hearing you say that, man. And I, I get the opportunity to hear that a lot. But what makes it special from you is that I wasn't even the one running that retreat, right? I mean, That's right. You remember, I showed up for one exercise the end of that first full day for the fireside transformation. And so that was one of the retreats where we let a team member run it. One of our right-hand guys, a guy that's been with me for years now, since 2019, been coming to the events we've been putting on, been helping me and just been one of my best friends. And so super cool to hear you say that when I wasn't even the guy running it. Maybe even <laughs> if I'm being honest, like a little bit of ego hicks. I'm like, damn, it was that good. And I wasn't even the one running it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, for real, that is a super cool to, to see that. And now we've since that retreat, seeing that it worked and seeing that people were still impacted, we've rolled out a coaching program. And so now we have coaches within Revolt, a dozen coaches within Revolt. Michael runs on at the end of August. None of the staff is going to be running the retreat. We're going to have like our videographer there and our ops guy, but none of the staff will be there to run the retreat. It's literally just members that have come in and become coaches now will be running the retreat. So it's cool to see the evolution of it. And part of that, man, is like we preach legacy all the time. And if Hunter dies tomorrow, if I die tomorrow, I don't want this thing to end. I know that we're still able to impact people. And I tell people all the time, my mission, my life mission statement personally is to develop millions of leaders that impact billions of lives. And so at some point, I have to just get out of the way and let other people lead. So really cool to hear you say that in terms of what Revolt is. It started back in 2019 under a different name. It was actually called Bold. And then that next year, we changed it to Revolt because we wanted it to encompass more. And the core values are integrity, leadership, legacy. So we always say we're bringing together high integrity business owners that are focused on developing as leaders and securing a legacy they're proud of. So integrity, leadership, legacy. And one thing that we feel like we do as as good as anyone is 
we will help you grow your business. I mean, at this point, we have well over a thousand testimonials, maybe thousands at this point, especially if you count like our annual conference. Were you at RoofCon last year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 3,400 people there at that event. It's an event. It's a conference. It's not a revolt retreat, but very similar, same core values. And so for us, just being able to pour back into people on the personal development side and not just the business side. I've got all the testimonials you could ask for about a guy going from zero to five million, one million to eight million, five million to 25 million. We got all of those if you want to see them. But it all starts with working on us. It really does. It's hard for people to see that from the outside when they listen to the podcast, when they pick up and they read my book and think it's about the money side. And I got to get the money right before I focus on me. It ain't that way. And if you ask any high performer, they'll tell you I had to work on me first. And if they didn't and they did happen to make it, usually that comes with some pretty hard times, right? Some times where you're questioning yourself, you're figuring some stuff out, maybe you treated people wrong and, and you didn't take care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So for us, man, it, it's starting with the human being, the leader of that organization and making them a better leader for their spouse, their kids their team, and then focusing on the money. Dude, 100%. In fact, I'm glad you brought up RoofCon. RoofCon, and I really didn't even intend on getting into this, to be perfectly frank with you. I didn't even think about it. But RoofCon, that event, and coupled with meeting Eric Obramp for the first time, I didn't even know, I didn't know Eric, but a mutual friend of ours, Jeff Boab, and said, do you really need to meet this guy when you get down here? And I'll just tell you a quick the quick reason why. Well, I, now I know the reason why. I didn't know exactly. I know he's knew Eric was sober, but and, and I've not had a drink in almost 14 years, but I haven't been sober. And so there's a big difference in not drinking and being sober. And so Eric, I told Eric why I didn't go back to AA, my reasoning, air quotes, for those that are listening. And he said, Corey, maybe it's just not about you. And that conversation turned my life around because I went to AA the next, the minute I got back to Raleigh, North Carolina. And I can think of a handful of times that I've missed it since. Now I was still smoking weed at the time. So it, it took me till March 26th of this year to realize not really to realize, to become willing to say, I can't do this. Spiritually, weed was keeping me spiritually sick, so to speak. And so I've always thought about the money. I've always thought about selfishly what's in it for me. And until I had that conversation with Eric, until I put the weed down, like my life has completely changed since that whole thing. And I have to thank you putting on RoofCon or that conversation with Eric would have never happened. That's awesome. And I didn't know that story. So that was November of last year. You put it down? Nope. March of this year. I put it down. March of this year. Okay. Okay. So doing pretty solid, man. You have to remind me when your one year comes up, we can celebrate. Yeah. With a, with a sweet tea as our <laughs> beverage. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Tell me more. I mean, obviously, this is your podcast, but I'd love to hear more about the clarity you've experienced since just going completely sober. I found Jesus. That's one thing. 
And I just, the, the clarity, dude, like I've made a mess out of my life in the last six, seven years. When in, in this whole time, I would have told you that I was sober, right? I would have told you five months ago. In fact, I stood up in front of the women's healing place and told them I was still sober because I just didn't look at weed as that. I always put out alcohol as the sober in a sober box, so to speak. Right. And so the clarity that I've gotten since then is I pulled my head out of my ass. I'm far less selfish. I think about other people. I try to do for other people. I've always really tried to do for other people as long as I get something out of it. And I just have a different perspective on how I go about things. I don't, I can't really put a pin in it. Everything's changed. Everything has changed. Man, what I talk about often, I talk about it in the book, I talk about it at the retreats, is we have those, and I call it an opportunity to go through that season of life. And at the time, we may look at it like it it sucks. It was a horrible part of my life. But for you, you know, you're going to be able to look back now, look at that experience and use it to help someone else when you have that conversation with them, as long as they're open-minded to it. We all know that you can't change somebody if they don't want to change, but you're going to come across somebody, I promise you, you will, if you haven't already in the future that says, yep, I'm sober. And then they pick it up, you know, and you, you're going to be able to say, hey, look, I thought I was sober too. And speak from experience because they're going to relate to you so much better than they relate from me when I don't have that experience. But you're going to be able to talk to them and say, hey, look, I know that you got off the bottle and you think your life went from here to here and you could keep smoking weed, but you saw the gap here. Imagine if you could take it to here just by putting that down as well. And I know that's going to happen. I have zero doubt. And I hope you'll reach out to me and say, yep, it just happened. Because it's just like with Fearless 44, people are like, ah, oh, nobody's going to reach out to me. Dude, I've had thousands of people do our challenge now. We've been doing it since 2019. Thousands of people. I ain't ever had one person tell me that they completed it and someone didn't reach out and say they were inspired. Ever. It just don't happen, man. People are watching you even when you don't think they are. I'll go ahead and tell you right now, there was some, and I can't tell you who it is, obviously, but there was somebody at that retreat that I was at, a revolt retreat, that reached out to me maybe four days ago and wrote me a really long DM. He said, I don't know why I'm telling you all this. He said, you never told anybody this, but because I've watched your stories, and this is not an ego play. He said, because I've watched your stories, because I've been extremely vulnerable on Facebook, more honest and more vulnerable than I've ever been in my entire life. And he said, because of what you've been posting, he said, I've been sober for 53 days. And dude, you can't imagine, I mean, you can imagine because you just told me a similar story, but it's so powerful. And it's such a good feeling when you know, because most of the time people don't necessarily reach out until they feel comfortable and i guess that comfortability i didn't provide that obviously when i wasn't sober because there was some inconsistency there i didn't see it at the time but everybody else probably saw it yeah how fulfilling is that man all the times that you wanted to make that post you're like ah do i really want to say that do i really want to expose myself but you clicked post and now you got people like that reaching out to you man that That's a blessing, man. That's super fulfilling. That's what life's about right there. It's way better than any money. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, 
reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. We have just launched our partnership free tool bag giveaway. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. I think one of the things, I agree with you. I think one of the pieces of clarity that I've got is that it's okay if you don't like me. Like, it's okay if you think whatever you want to think. And it's okay if I think whatever I want to think. But at the end of the day, other people's opinion just doesn't really affect me like it used to. Yeah. Yeah, that's a constant battle, man, for me, for sure. It is when you're a people person, maybe even borderline people pleaser. There's a part of me that's like, ah, F off. Like, I don't care. I'm going to do me. But at my core, I care about people. I love people. So then at night, I start thinking like, oh, man, were they right? Should I have done it this way? Should I have changed the way I said it? Whatever. And you get into a comparison trap as well. If you're super competitive, you know, there's some alphas that come to revolt. There's a lot of competitive people that come to revolt. I'm extremely competitive. And you start saying, man, I see this guy over here on Facebook. I see this guy on Instagram. I see this guy speaking at a conference. Like, how is he doing that much better than me? But we're just seeing a little tiny glimpse of their life. We don't know all the back end stuff. And so one of the lessons that I teach, and I actually, I've been working on this for a long time. And I just taught it for the first time publicly at our couples retreat. We had our couples retreat last week for Revolt. And dude, it was so good. I can't even put into words how good it was. But I taught that lesson. Me and my wife did it together. It's called Embedded. And the root of it is coming up with life laws that you create for your kids as they grow up. And then you seed those with mantras. And then you seed that with actions that they take that tie to them. And when I think about what I want to embed into my kids, one of the things is me versus me. I'm not worried about anybody else, man. Like if I could just be better than me yesterday, I'm winning. And then tomorrow I'm going to just be better than me and I'm winning. And eventually I'm going to pass 99% of those guys because they're going to slip. They're going to fall. They're going to take days off. But if I just keep trucking, I'm going to eventually pass them. And I don't have to focus on them as long as I'm focused on myself. So one of our, all that to say in that lesson embedded that me and my wife did with the couples at Revolt, one of our life laws for Turner is me versus me, just me versus me. Because you're the biggest obstacle, right? Also. Yep. 100%. Yeah, that's right. So I met you, I've met you a couple of times, but specifically at RoofCon, I really observed your demeanor at RoofCon. And I've never seen anybody so calm in a situation that I would, I feel like if I would have been there at the time with, if I would have been in your shoes, I feel like I'd have been running all over the place, but you were so calm, cool and collective. And little did I know that, you know, that at the end of the event, things were not going to look as good as you thought they might look, or were hoping that they were going to look. Can you kind of walk us through how you maintain that emotional intelligence through that situation. Yeah, man, there's a lot to be said for that, right? To start this conversation, I would say that 
I give a lot of credit to my time at the fire department with my ability to stay cool, calm, collected during chaos. Like you hear a lot of people say that there's a certain type of person they live in chaos. That's the zone they're comfortable. I tell the story often of in business, you got the Marines that take the beach, which is the startup phase. You got the army that takes the city, which is you start to build out processes and you have the police that maintain the city as it grows and comes back to civilization. And that's your people that are just your everyday nine to fires. Fibers. They're gonna they're gonna build out those processes. They're gonna be there every single day, and you don't have to worry about them going anywhere. For me, I've always kind of grown up in chaos. Pretty chaotic family. My my parents were both users of drugs. They're both addicts. And then I went to the Marine Corps, and then I went to the fire department. So pretty chaotic. You pull up to a scene, and there's three cars flipped over, and there's bodies, and you got to figure out who to take care of first, like running an event <laughs> is not that chaotic compared <laughs> to that. Right. So first off, I've just had that realization, man, in the last, in the last year, really just that I can give a lot of credit to the fire department and the experiences I had there. In fact, like in the last three months, me and my wife were having the conversation and I don't want to force my son to do anything, but if I was going to kind of gently guide him into something, I was telling my wife, I think I would guide him into the fire department before I would guide him into the Marine Corps. The Marine Corps is great for the 13 weeks you're in boot camp. Outside of that, man, it's not super structured, a lot of hurry up and wait, kind of a pain in the butt, a lot of egos. And you're kind of sitting around unless you go on a deployment, which is few and far between. Most people don't get that opportunity. You go to the fire department, you're going to see some shit. 100%. Like, it don't matter if you're in the, that's the funny thing, man, is like, I was at the country bumpkin fire department out here in the mountains and everybody's like, oh, you know, you need to go to the city and do the big stuff. And I went to the city and really I saw as much, maybe even more at the country fire department than I did at the big city. So we were talking about that and just saying like, man, just to give him that experience, give him that perspective, help him understand, man, whatever you do in life, whatever you go attack, whatever your job or business or anything ends up being you lose money, you lose employees, people steal. It ain't that big of a deal. It ain't life or death. If it's not going to matter in five years, don't give it more than five minutes, right? Uh, so so that's to start that conversation. I credit the fire department a lot. Beyond that, it's at the end of the day, man, it's about the people. And I don't say that as like a Ooh, hunter's all Mr. Nice guy. Like really it is, man. They're paying, the vendors are paying to be there. The attendees are paying to be there. They want to see a good show. Just because I'm stressed out because a hurricane's coming through and I can see we're not going to hit our numbers and I'm going to lose my butt on the event, I can't let that affect anyone else. Everyone else wants to talk. They want to get a copy of the book. They want to meet so-and-so. And and I want to deliver that. I want it to be a good time. Since the time I was a kid, man, like 15 years old, I started throwing parties when I was in high school. We had a, a piece of property up in the mountains and we'd have parties up there, 100 cars be up and down the road. And so so from the time I was super young, I was always bringing people together and I find joy in that. So last year, honestly, I was probably, although I may not have showed it, I was stressed, super stressed because I knew on the back end what was happening. And this year I've committed to, I'm not going to just be mellow, even if I am stressed, I'm going to enjoy the moment, man, because yeah, I'm getting to do what I love. Who at 32 years old gets to do what I do? Not many people, man. I have a decent sized business, have a a great team with dozens of employees, have an event every year with thousands of attendees and a couple hundred vendors and get to hang out with Tim Tebow and John Maxwell and Nick Sanandastasso and Craig Rochelle and Ed Milet, just all the things, man. I'm so blessed, even if 
I lost a million dollars, right? So that's the ugly part. When I made that post and you commented about coming on the podcast, that's the promise that I made is I'm going to share the good, bad, and ugly for my last year. And one of the ugliest things, I went from the hardest season of my life to the next hardest season of my life, back to back. And that second one was losing a million dollars on the roof con. We fully expected to have 5,000 attendees come to the event. We were telling we were telling vendors like three to 4,000 because we don't ever want to overpromise. So that wasn't as big of a deal. But in our mind and the way we spent to build the show, we had it set up for 5,000 people. And some people would be like, well, why is it that, that, that big of a difference? Well, it, here's what it came down to. At Orange County Convention Center, where we do the show, there's Chapin Theater, where we had it in 2021. Not too expensive to do it in Chapin Theater. Less than a million dollars to run the entire show. Close to a million dollars, but less than. Well, they only have like, I think it's 2,600 seats. So we knew that wasn't going to cut it. So we had to build out our own auditorium. And you saw it. You saw the stage. You saw the lights. You saw the racking. I mean, it was concert quality, literally concert quality. We hired the people out of Atlanta that do concerts. They do all of John Maxwell's events, and they're expensive. And it was right at a quarter or three quarters of a million dollars just to build out the AV and everything for this show this last year. And then we didn't have our 5,000. Hurricane hit about two weeks before We started seeing everybody online talk about, oh, well, I don't know if I'm going to come. I got a lot of work to deal with. And then the week of, everybody started saying, oh, there's another hurricane coming. They're saying it's going to hit Orlando. I don't know if I'm going to come. So we started to get pretty fearful. Oh, man, this could be really bad. And sure enough, it went down to 3,400, which was still great. We still had uh, 50% growth from 2021, but not enough to cover what we had spent for the show. So. That was my ugly for last year, but we're battling back from that, man. We're looking forward to a really good show this year. I'm super excited about it. The attendees that we do have come out, the vendors that we do have come out, they're some of the best people in the industry. I think that most of them align with our values of integrity, leadership, legacy, and they understand the importance of having an event that is focused more on the personal side than just the business side. Yeah. yeah, Look, I mean... I like I thought it was one of the best thrown events and I've gone to many events, but I did think it was I thought it was so well put together and the people that you had speak were tremendous as well. So. You had jumped out of one fire into the next. Can we go into and I think I know what it is, but I'm not 100 percent. And I know that you went through some stuff, sold your company, I think, and then you bought it back. Right. Is that right? Yeah. So that wasn't an easy process though, right? No, not exactly. So can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, yeah. So 2021, beginning of 2021, March 1st specifically, sold my company, Cornerstone, to another company out of California. Got a good chunk, a few million dollars up front in cash. Got a bunch of shares, millions of dollars in shares as well. About six months, eight months goes by. The stock starts to go down pretty bad. At one year, I had what's called a make whole provision inside of my contract. And this is all public. Like you can look it up and fact check if you'd like to. It's still on the internet if you look me up. But inside of the contract, it has what's called a make whole provision. So of the $45 million in stock that I got, if the stock price dropped, they had to make up that amount so that I was 
made whole at $45 million. So just for example, if I had 45 million shares at a dollar each and it drops to 50%, well, they have to give me another 45 million shares. So I have 90 million at 50 cents to be made whole at $45 million across the board. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So it dropped to 32 cents. So the total, I, I think it was like 127 million was the total, something like that. Because uh, I was actually owed shares from another deal that I helped put together, bringing another company. I was being paid on that. So I, I'm pretty sure the number, if I remember correctly, was like 127 million shares. So tough spot for them. I, I get it. Giving out 127 million shares dilutes the shit out of the rest of the shares that you have. It kind of creates some fear in the stockholders that you have. But it wouldn't have been good. But at the same rate, like for me, I felt like I did my part. I pulled my weight. I did what I said I was going to do. And so I wasn't going to go down without a fight. Well, we ended up coming to an agreement. Uh, what I felt like was pretty fair to where I kept all the cash I'd gotten. I kept about a fourth of the shares that I'd gotten. And uh, that way I could pay my team. That was a big part of uh, my negotiation with them. Is I said, hey, man, when I sold the company, part of the deal was I was going to give X to my team members. There's about 50 of them total that I was going to give shares to that helped me build the company. And so when I renegotiated to settle with them, get my company back, keep the millions of dollars in cash and keep some of the shares, I just wanted to make sure that I was able to give the people that were a part of it the shares that I promised. So we did that. They all got their shares. In fact, everyone got at least what they were promised or more. And then I was able to hold on to a few million shares myself as well. So it went good, man. People ask me all the time, would I change it during that season of life? Maybe I would have said I'd have changed it just because I was stressed. I mean, I definitely lost some hair over it. You see how bad I'm thinning right here, man. But no, it was a, I don't know that I say a good experience, but it was, I learned a lot, right? Like people always talk about due diligence. If you're going to buy a company, sure, do your due diligence for sure. Spend six months, dig into it, look at every number. But on the flip side, if you're the one selling your company, also do your due diligence. Make sure that they align with your values, that they're legit, that they have the cash needed to grow the company, all the things. So yeah, I don't regret it. I'm appreciative for the opportunity. I learned a lot. I came out smelling pretty good at the end of it. There's a lot of haters throughout the process. Um, so it felt good to to get what I got and kind of be like, hey, look, if you can't put two and two together after seeing what I got and got my company back, you, you just don't like me anyways, and you're never going to believe it. And at RoofCon 2022, man, I've told this story a couple of times. Tim Tebow and me were sitting up there on stage doing the Q&A. And he started talking about when he was at the University of Florida and how many people hated him, like on social media, always getting bashed, tagged and stuff, the media. And he said right there on stage talking to me that when he was young, he went home, he was upset, like kind of tears in his eyes type thing to his dad. Like, dad, I don't understand why so many people hate me. Like, I feel like I'm a good person. I'm trying to do the right thing. Like we're winning all the stuff. And his dad patted him on the back and said, Timmy, he called him Timmy, which is so funny. You see the big old dude, and he goes by Timmy. He said, Timmy, it doesn't matter what you do, buddy. Some people in this world are just not going to like you. If they would get to know you, they would like you. But some of them just don't ever want to get to know you. And that's how I, it hit me, dude, right in my gut when he said that. I'll never forget sitting up there with him. It hit me in the gut. And I was thinking, damn, that is so true, man. Like, if all these haters, all these people posting stuff about me and about my family and about my son that I wanted to freaking drive to their house and beat their ass for saying stupid stuff on social media, all these people, if they would get to know me, 
they'd like me. They would know me. They would see my heart. They'd see the impact that we make in not only this industry, but across the country, across the world with the challenges and the retreats and the events and all the things. But some people, man, they just want to run their mouth. They don't want to get to know you. And we just have to accept that and be okay with it. I don't have to please 100% of the people. If I can please 1% of the people, there's 6 billion people on earth. I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. That had to be tough, though. I mean, at the time, that had to be really tough knowing that you did do the right thing, but people just... I mean, people are ruthless. People say shit to me online, and I'm like, you just, you're just kind of an idiot. Like, just stop. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. Six months ago, I would have completely taken it personal. Now it just doesn't even. I, I can't even allow it to to have a part in my. I just can't. Like, I just don't have time for it. And it's really yeah, not worth no, my. There's either. not even, not even just the people saying stuff, man. Just the situation, but it creates some self doubt in your head. You're like, man, I sold my company for forty eight million dollars. Ultimately ended up being a lot less than that. Again, I kept a good bit of it, but I got my company back. Now it's okay, let's do this again. And and maybe this isn't for the right reason. This is a whole nother conversation we could have another day. But you know, a lot of people say don't do stuff to prove people wrong. Well, guess what, man? That fuels me. And I've always said I believe it's a push and a pull. The pull is you looking out at your mission, your vision, the thing that you believe in and letting it pull you. But every once in a while, man, that just ain't enough. It's just not like, let's be honest. We can pretend that every day we wake up motivated, ready to go. But unless you're part of the 0.0001% that are like that, it don't happen for everybody. Sometimes you got to take a look back at all the haters, all the people that said you couldn't, all the people that said you wouldn't and let that push you. So I absolutely believe it's a pull and a push. And so I like to use that as a push, man. Like I'm going to show all these people. I went out, I bought roofing.com. I've built that into a successful business that's killing it as partners all across the country. We have a conference that has thousands of people. We have an app that has 82,000 users. Every single day, we're getting more users. Every single month, we're getting thousands of users and taking companies from our competitors. I'm out to prove some people wrong. And that's okay. I don't say that with ego, but it's for myself. Like I want to show myself that I can do it. Yeah. Uh, look, I get it 100%. Tell me about what, kind of switching gears a little bit, tell me what it was like in your marriage during that time. Because stress, I'm married, you're married, both have kids. That's it's a stressful to begin with. But what is what? how did you manage that stress throughout that time with you and your wife? How did that, how did that, Let's see, how did that maybe detract from your relationship or did it make you go in more? How did it affect you? Yeah, man, I think if anything, stronger, made us stronger. My wife is so supportive, man, like super, super supportive. And the part of it, man, is like one of my, it's a funny story, actually. One of my partners in one of my businesses, he's a pretty well-known guy, but he had somewhat of a similar story where he got in a big lawsuit. His was more, they were trying to accuse him of some criminal stuff, like going to jail, not just business. And his wife left him during it. And this was like 20 years ago. He's a lot older than me. His wife left him with me, my wife and I, I really felt like we got stronger, got closer. And part of that is because She was there for all of it, man. Like she saw every conversation. She saw every negotiation. She flew with me to California to do it, right? Like she knows what I said. She saw the text messages. She knows that I'm not BSing or didn't do some crap out of integrity. She saw it. And even if she didn't see it, she just knows that's not who I am. I'd rather make 
break in $24,000 a year working at the fire department than have to stay up late at night because I have a conscience. So unlike some people, like I, I just couldn't do it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to freaking, I want to have nothing to hide. That's another one that we put in there for Turner. When we say one of our, one of his life laws is going to be integrity. And the mantra is nothing to hide. I got nothing to hide, dude. Like I'll just be honest with you. Ask me anything. You ask me my pecker size. I might tell you it's longer than it is. <laughs> no, but nothing to hide, man. Like for real. For Maggie, she saw that. She was supportive of it. I didn't like tell her every single little thing that happened because I didn't want to stress her out, right? But it was nothing that I was hiding from her. It was just, I'm going to tell her what she needs to know. And some of it, I don't want to stress her out. And if I need to talk to somebody, I got people that I can talk to. I can seek guidance from advice, mentors that I have. So it was good, man. And like, it just made me realize that I came from a single wide trailer. It was the first place I moved after I moved out of my grandma's house. She started dating me. I was living there in a little single wide trailer. It's actually like a quarter mile through the woods from where I'm sitting right now in my office. Funny enough, talk about a crappy trailer. That thing had to be made in like the 60s or something, like falling apart. But I lived there. She was there with me, right? So she saw that. She experienced it. If I had to go back to that, she'd still be there with me and she would still be just as happy. I know that. I'm not just saying that because that's a cliche thing to say. I dead ass serious. My wife would still be with me and be just as happy as long as I was there with her and we were taking care of the kids together. So that is really reassuring when you're having a lot of self-doubt and question yourself is to know that your partner, your best friend, your ride or die is truly a ride or die. Like she's going to be there through it all, thick and thin, good and bad. Yeah. I would say the exact same thing about my wife. We, when we got married, we not in a trailer, but a little shitty condo that we were, I was renting, like it, nothing compared to where, not that we're anything great now, but the point is like, it wouldn't matter. It just, it really wouldn't matter. Um, and I don't know if most people can say that. I, in fact, I question if a lot of people can say that so many damn divorces that happen that I think it's really a special thing when you find someone that you can depend on you find someone that it does have your back. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, is your camera moving? Yeah. It's an, like yeah, move yeah. with you. Yeah. It's freaking me out, dude. I was like, what the freak? Dude, sometimes I leave it. <laughs> sometimes if it goes really fast, sometimes it'll zoom in and out. I don't know if it's done that because I haven't been looking at it, but when it yeah. does that, you'll really be freaked out because it goes way out and way back. <laughs> I took yeah. one of my guys at Cornerstone to eat pizza today and I spoke it all over me. He's like, dude, you're going to have to change before that podcast. I was like, nah, man, in <laughs> honor of Eric, be authentic or get the. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Solid, solid dude. Well, so where, so what's the, what new things are you working on since? I saw you last year at RoofCon. I mean, AI is a big deal. AI is, I mean, there's so many things that we could talk about with AI, but I would like to bring that into the conversation where you see, where you see that working for the roofing industry. Yeah. Yeah. I'll kind of give two examples of how I think could be useful for any business owners that are listening to this podcast. Number one on a sales front is using something like ChatGPT just for copywriting. We were talking about it pre-show, but there's a lot of guys that don't really know how to write copy. They don't know how to write sales copy. They don't know how to set up the call to action to create the body, to get an engaging headline, to get people to read it. And so for 
anyone that doesn't know how to or is afraid to just to get started, dude. It's so easy to go into chat GPT and give it a prompt of, please write me a sales copy on how to sell the Mastermind Revolt using the tone of Hunter Ballou, Corey Barrier, Grant Cardone. Like literally you can give the tone of the person you want to copy. Like I, I told you, like I, I told my wife about this like a week ago. I was like, hey, check this out. So I went in chat GPT. I said basically what I just said about selling the Revolt Mastermind and the tone of Hunter Ballou. And it started off with, hey, fam. And she's like, oh my God, that's crazy. You say that all the time. But it really does. It can read through, you know, anyone that puts out a lot of content, it'll read through it. And in a 30 seconds, you got a 500 word, thousand word post that you can leverage. And it's just like anything. You don't have to use hundred percent of it. If there's something you don't like, or you want to tweak, change it, but use it. And then on the business owner front, man, something we're doing for our roofing.com partners and our revolt members is we have tons of content, like hours and hours and hours of content. Well, sometimes they might want to be able to go in and search and say, hey, where do these guys talk about tax strategy? Where do they talk about Facebook ads? And they don't want to have to look through every single video to find it or look through all the titles or even better, even if there's a section that says Facebook ads and they just click on the first video, still you got to sit there and watch the video for the exact part you're talking about. So there's this platform called Searchy that we're starting to use where you can go in It'll upload all of your content that you have. And I'm saying this because if you're a business owner and you have a training platform, you've probably heard me talk about Six Figure Blueprint if you ever heard me speak or talk about or be on a podcast, but Six Figure Blueprint, having your own sales training platform, you can have Searchy in there. And if they type in two, three, four keywords that they want to see, it'll literally pull the exact moment in every video where you talk about that. So the speed of being able to train faster is so much easier with AI nowadays than it was before. Yeah, 100%. I trained a bot on my podcast. And so you can go in and ask whatever you want. Like if it's, we're talking about, if we're talking about, you could punch in roofing and this podcast is going to come up and it takes you right to the episode, which the way I see that is, I mean, if I can give people access to it that easily, well, I'm going to get more downloads. That's how I yeah. see it. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy what all I can do now, man. It is absolutely nuts. And it's just like anything else we've seen over the last five decades. We can hate it. We can be afraid of it. We can ignore it. But eventually, it's going to take over. Your competitors are going to be using it. Listen, if you're the dude that's 35, 40 years old, you're like, ah, I'm not doing that stuff. Well, 10 years ago, you started using a CRM and you were making fun of the 50-year-old who refused to use a CRM and kept doing stuff on paper. Don't be the guy that refuses to use AI to leverage it because it is coming and your competitors, the 20-year-olds, the 25-year-olds that are getting the game right now are going to use it. So you might as well get ahead of the game. I think it's like the internet. I think it's like when the internet came out. I think it's that big. Yeah. Yeah. So it may be even bigger than that. We'll see. If they just keep figuring out more and more stuff you can do with it. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I totally agree. But it is important. Get on board because if you're not, dude, you're going to be, people are going to be left behind. And that breaks my heart because it's so, I shouldn't say it's easy because it can be complex if, depending on what it is you're looking for, or what you're using it for. Or if you don't know how to use it, just to, as you said, Chat GPT, like you, if you don't know how to ask it the right question to prompt it, you might get a crazy answer, but don't stop at that. If you don't know what to ask it, 
just ask chat GPT what to ask it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Hunter, dude, I really appreciate you coming on today. I really enjoyed this conversation. If you could just tell everybody one about your book, if you don't mind, tell everybody where they can win roofing. Win roofing. Good Lord. RoofCon's going to be, I almost said roofing.com. <laughs> where people can find you. Yeah, man. So the book, if you're an audible person, you can look it up on audible. You can get it there. If you're a hardback person, or even if you just want to put it on the shelf, like I do, I usually listen to them on audible. Then I'll buy a hard copy. just so I look cool when people come to my office. I'd be happy to give away like the first 20 people that text me from this podcast or message me on Facebook. I'll just send you a hard cap copy for free. After that, you can just go to Amazon and pick one up. RoofCon is in Orlando this year, November 9th through the 11th. And then if you want to find me, like I said, I'm on Facebook. Check me out. I'm more active on Facebook than any other platform. Just through my profile there. Happy to help out in any way I can. Any more information on me is repcard.com slash Hunter. Perfect. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.